Welcome to A Passion for Christ, a heart-to-heart conversation with pastors called to build the kingdom of God here in Southern California. Now here's your host, KKLA's Director of Ministry, Richard Kennedy. Well, welcome to A Passion for Christ. I'm Richard Kennedy. We're so glad you tuned in tonight. We have a very special guest. I rarely have people back within a month's period of time, but tonight we have Rabbi Gary Dershinsky from Beth Ariel in Canoga Park. It's a wonderful Messianic congregation. And, and, and Gary, tell us what that means. What is a Messianic congregation? Sure. Well, first of all, f- f- let me just uh, begin by thanking you for having me come back, Richard. Well, it's great and, to have you here, Gary. Well, thank you, and it's a joy to be on the air with you. Uh, Beth Ariel Messianic Congregation is a congregation of Jewish and non-Jewish individuals who believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is the promised Messiah. So we all have that in common, although, of course, we have visitors and guests who come who may not share that faith with us, Mm -hmm. but they're searching, they're inquiring, they're observing, they're looking at who we are. And when we express our faith, uh, be it in music, in worship, the teaching of the Word, uh, and various traditions that we observe in our service, it will be the kinds of traditions that you would see in the Jewish community, in a Jewish synagogue, because as Jews, we want to worship uh, our Messiah uh, in a Jewish way. It's funny you'd share that with me, because I had a friend call me who heard the show, and he said, I know they said they want to worship the Messiah in a Jewish way, but are they using a Christian Bible? And I said, you know, I don't know. I'll ask Rabbi Gary next time I see him. Are you using like a new New Testament, or you know, what do you use? Oh, absolutely. We, as uh, believers in Messiah, we accept the Hebrew Scriptures. Okay. In Christian traditions, they'll refer to it as the Old Testament. Uh, the problem with the term is that it's oftentimes understood by Jewish people who don't share our faith in Messiah right. as meaning. Uh, archaic, old-fashioned, <laughs> or no longer valuable. Right. So we shy away, shy away from speaking about the Hebrew Scriptures as the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but we refer to them as the Hebrew Scriptures. But they're the same Scriptures that you would find uh, in a local church. And we also uh, certainly um, utilize the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant Scriptures, the New Testament Scriptures. So would someone have a when someone comes and you would recommend them buying a Bible? Would you send them down to get the, you know, the uh, NIV or the you know Ryrie Study Bible? I mean, right. In fact, that's what I preach from. I preach from the New International Version. Okay. Although I'm looking at the ESV, yes, uh, which is sort of the in vogue translation yes. or version. Yes. But uh, I, I'm still in the NIV camp. And I love Dr. Ryrie's study Bible, that's for sure. He was one of my yeah. professors at Dallas Seminary, and I have the utmost respect and admiration for him. You know, you've uh, you had some great education, not that I like to tell it, but it's very few times I ever meet anyone from Harvard. And you went to Dallas, and you've gone to Gordon, and right, and, and Harvard, too. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I had a foundation that uh, supported my education, and that enabled me to go to the variety of schools that I had studied mm-hmm. at. But yes, mm-hmm. I studied at Dallas Seminary, and then I was at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and uh, I had the privilege of being at Harvard Divinity School studying in their Jewish Studies program. Wow. Well, I feel brighter just hanging out with your brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I <laughs> wish I did. <laughs> well, last time we were here, we were talking about Jewish holidays. Hanukkah was just, it happened to be right 
Thanksgiving week. Right. And then we were talking about the Day of Atonement, uh, Yom Kippur, if I'm correct. And then we also had um, Passover. And as we were talking, you were saying there's a lot of similarities between Jewish holidays and Christian holidays. Mm-hmm. And we have a Christian holidays upon us right now. It's Christmas. It's coming. Right. And you and I are talking about the Jewishness of Christmas. What does that mean? What it, when you said that the Jewishness of Christmas, explain that to me. Well, you know, when I think of Christmas as the celebration of the birth of Messiah, uh, put another way, it's the time that we celebrate Messiah becoming, becoming incarnate mm-hmm. and taking on uh, human form and human nature. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I think of the Jewishness of Christmas, I'm reminded of a couple of things. Uh, first of all, Christmas and Hanukkah fall around the same time. In fact, Hanukkah is celebrated on the twenty fifth, uh, the twenty fifth of Kislev. Christmas is celebrated on the twenty fifth of December, and Kislev and December are parallel months. Okay. The Jewish calendar and the Gregorian calendar are different calendars, but they're symmetrical in in many ways. So the question I remember reflecting on was, why? is Jesus' birth celebrated on the 25th of December. Now, when you think back to the first century, and we don't have any idea when Jesus was actually born. Right. um, And there's no way to determine that, you know, uh, perfectly. But Hanukkah is the celebration of the rededication of the temple that was desecrated by Antiochus Epiphanes about 175 years before the time of Jesus. The miracle associated with Hanukkah is a legendary story. We don't know if it's true or false, only that that is what has been purported, namely that the menorah stayed lit for eight days. But what the Jewish people celebrate with Hanukkah is, number one, the promise of the Messiah's coming, And that stems from the fact that when Antiochus desecrated the uh, temple, Mm -hmm. he had desecrated the altar stones upon which he had sacrificed a pig to the Greek god Zeus. Mm. So when the Jewish leaders went to rededicate the temple, they had to ask themselves the question, can we utilize the altar which had just been desecrated? Desecrated. So the Jewish priesthood uh, dismantled the altar stored its stones in a secret place, we're told, and rebuilt a whole new altar. Wow. And they said that they would wait until the time that when the Messiah would come, he would tell us what to do with the altar stones. So because of that, Hanukkah is a celebration in which we have this messianic hope, anticipating, longing for, and looking forward to the Messiah's coming. Christmas is like that. It looks forward, well, we look backward to the birth of Messiah, but each year we sort of look forward to that hope of Messiah's coming. We know he came, but we also anticipate his coming again, and we oftentimes speak about him coming into our hearts. Hmm. So at Hanukkah, we think about the Messiah's coming, and in the New Testament, uh, Jesus celebrates Hanukkah. In John chapter 10, you know, verse 22 or so, it says that it was the feast of the dedication, which is what the word Hanukkah means, to dedicate. And they rededicated the temple. But the Jewish uh, teachers, the Jewish rabbis also taught, not only did they dedicate the temple, but they dedicated themselves back to God in the hope that they would not suffer at the hands of their enemies. 
Mm. So at Christmas time, we think about the coming of Messiah, there's the Messianic hope. We think about rededicating ourselves to the Lord for a new year, he who is the light of the world. And so at Hanukkah, we think about rededicating ourselves, even as we remember the rededication of the temple. And we, at Hanukkah, we light the menorah, which is also, the holiday is also called the Festival of Lights, Chag HaOrim. So we think about a Messiah who is a light unto the world. You know, if you just tuned in, that's Rabbi Gary Dorshinsky of Beth Ariel Fellowship in Canoga Park. And we are talking about the Jewishness of Christmas. We are so glad you tuned into 99.5 KKLA. And you were just talking about the Festival of Lights, Gary. Jesus, we know, is the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tie that in for us a little more. Would you go a little deeper on that? Well, the, the Hanukkah is called the Festival of Lights because we light this eight-branch menorah. Right. There are actually nine candles, but we refer to it as eight branches because the miracle associated with Hanukkah is that when the Levites went to rededicate the temple, which included the relighting of the sacred menorah in the holy place, which was a seven-branched menorah, that that menorah had been extinguished by Antiochus Epiphanes and the Mm -hmm. Greeks. And now it needed to be rekindled, relit. So when the priests searched the temple compound for oil that could only be used in the menorah uh, to light it, They found a cruise of oil that would last one night. But they needed eight days to manufacture their oil according to this Jewish tradition. So they had to make a choice. Do we wait seven days, then light the menorah, and then we'd have enough oil to keep the menorah lit? Or do we light it now with the oil we have and start manufacturing new oil and we'll light it eight days later? So they lit the menorah, and the miracle associated with Hanukkah is that the oil, the menorah stayed lit for the eight days, giving the priests enough time to relight the menorah. Hmm. So today, we have a nine-branch menorah because there's a notable candle, which is lit first, and that candle is used to light the other candles. That candle is called the shamus, which means servant. And it reminds me very much of Jesus the Messiah because he, as the light of the world, lights up our lives and lights up our hearts, even as the Shamus candle lights the other candles on the menorah. And in, if you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, said that we are to let our lights shine before men, that they might see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Because just as he is the light of the world, he tells us we are lights in a dark world. Mm-hmm. So as the shamus lights the menorah, I remind my own people at our congregation that Messiah lights us, and we are to reflect his light to the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. So you have the one servant candle. Right. And then you have the eight candles, eight candles four branches on each side of mm-hmm. the one servant. Now, I have never celebrated Hanukkah. Do they light all the candles at once, or do they light one each night for eight days to follow? They light each candle uh, one day for each of, the fest, uh, each of the days of the miracle. So on the first night, they'll okay. light the shamus and one candle, and they let it burn down. Hmm. Then the second night, they'll light the shamus and two candles. 
And on the third night, they'll light the shamus candle and three candles, and they let it burn down. The interesting thing, too, is that the rabbis tell us that when we watch the candles being lit and burning down, we're to think about the miracles that God has performed for uh, the Jewish people throughout their history. Mm. And just as the light, the flame on the candle sort of is uh, seemingly miraculous as it dances on the wick and on the wax. So that's to remind us of the miracles uh, God has done for us. So there are three major themes of Hanukkah, the hope of Messiah's coming, the theme of dedication, we're to dedicate ourselves as much as the temple was rededicated, and the theme of miracles, that uh, miracles that would authenticate the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the true God. That was one of the things I really appreciate about the Jewish culture is the fact they built these altars so that their children could remember. Explain what they did. How did they build an altar? Well, at various times in Jewish history, uh, altars were built differently. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like for Abraham or yeah. Jacob or right. Isaac, they would just gather stones together mm-hmm. and build it up as a standing right. um, memorial. And then if they would sacrifice something on it, it was meant to remind them of a work mm-hmm. that God had mm-hmm. done. In fact, in John chapter 10, where Jesus observes Hanukkah, he's asked the question, if you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus' response is, I have told you plainly, the miracles that I have performed testify of me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So it's interesting how these themes of Hanukkah reemerge in Jesus' own dialogue with his Jewish people, Mm -hmm. and he builds on those themes that the Jewish people would naturally understand and uses them to accentuate his claims to be the Messiah of Israel. Well, if you just tuned in, that's Rabbi Gary Durashinsky. He is with Beth Ariel in Canoga Park. It's a wonderful Messianic congregation, and he's in studio with us today on 99.5 KKLA because we're actually talking about the Messiah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Jewishness of Christmas, but it kind of led us back to Hanukkah. Let's go back to Christmas. I would imagine <laughs> okay. at this time of year, you could look at the scriptures and just have an amazing outreach to, to people of Jewish faith or people that God is working through the Holy Spirit. They're becoming seekers. Are you doing anything special at your church right now tied around Christmas? Oh, absolutely. The month of December, I've been preaching on Messianic passages that speak of Messiah's coming and Messiah's birth. So last Saturday at our service, we also had a bar mitzvah service, and uh, I had opportunity to speak about uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which uh, tells us that the Messiah would be born in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David, because he would be a descendant of David and therefore would be the king of Israel who is to come. Mm -hmm. And what I was focusing on or trying to help our congregation uh, grab hold of is that in that passage, it says that the Messiah's origins are from of old, from everlasting. Mm -hmm. And the two Hebrew words that are found in Micah 5.2. In the Hebrew Bible, it's Micah chapter 5, verse 1. But in the Christian Bible, it's Micah 5.2. Uh, when those two Hebrew words are used together throughout the entire Hebrew Scriptures or Old Testament, it always means eternal. And so the mystery of Christmas and the Jewishness of Christmas is seen in the nature of the Messiah 
whose birth we celebrate, in that he who would be born in Bethlehem, his origins are from all of eternity. And mm-hmm. Micah uses those two words, puts them together in the text, which is only used of God and only used of God with respect to his eternality. So how is it that the Messiah of Israel is both eternal and yet born in Bethlehem? How does he come from all of eternity and yet has a point in time in which he is born? That's the mystery of Christmas. It's the mystery of the coming of Messiah. And in fact, it's the Jewishness of the coming Messiah, because he comes in accordance with the words of the Jewish prophets. Mm. Well, it's the mystery and the faith of our Christian faith, too, because you know it almost ties back to the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, who are eternal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Christ was there when the Father was creating, because he's part of the Father. I mean, that's that's a whole different subject. Yes, You know, the Trinity and the, the eternal... Uhness of God the Father, because you know everyone thinks, well, there has to be a beginning, and yet Alpha and Omega he's the beginning and the end, right, as the right. scripture says, and right I'll never figure that one out, and when I get to heaven, I'll probably not even care, right? No, none of us <laughs> will figure it out, but we can bow before it in yes. humility and in acceptance, and when we do that, that's when we find uh, ourselves coming alive to God and where the new birth takes place. Well, Rabbi Gary, now what are you going to be talking about then this coming Sunday? You talked about... Right, this this coming Saturday. This Saturday, excuse me, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking on the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14, where he tells us uh, that a virgin uh, will bear a son and and we will call his name Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. And so some interesting things there, too. The Hebrew word for Alma is used only seven times in the Hebrew Scriptures, and in every instance, it either must or can refer to virgin. In some circles, people try to play down, the again, another mystery and miracle mm-hmm. associated with the birth of Messiah by translating the, the verse not as saying a virgin will conceive, but a young woman. Mm-hmm. But there's no question that the Hebrew word there means a virgin. Mm-hmm. And uh, some have also raised the question about him in Isaiah seven fourteen it says that the Messiah, this child who would be born, would be called Emmanuel, but he's never called Emmanuel in the New Testament. So what does it mean for him to be called Emmanuel? So I'm going to be talking about that. If that is a question you have, maybe you'd like to come and visit uh, at Beth Ariel on Shabbat, and you'll hear some of uh, some of my thoughts about that. Hmm. Well, the child we know was born. He was born in Bethlehem. Jewish town. Jewish town. In the in amazing, a Jewish state. The, amazing. Right. The king of kings was born in a very humble state. Absolutely. And, and going back to a virgin, I understand that she probably was a young woman, though, also. That somewhere maybe between the ages of 13 and, and 16, someone I've heard recently say, because young women seem to get married then. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Yeah. Sure. Wow. What an honor for her. And yet we recognize that she was just... Made of flesh. She was yes. a woman, and she had a sin nature. She needed a Savior, too. Right. You know? And um, I know some people, you know, they our Catholic brethren would say that, uh, you know, she was something special, but she really was like us, wasn't she? Well, she was a, a Jewish uh, young woman who um, uh, was fortunate, was graced 
was blessed to be the bearer of the Messiah of Israel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah is telling us about uh, this miracle that the Lord would do. Remember, he said to Ahaz that he could ask for a sign, and it could be as high as the heavens or as deep as uh, the underworld beyond, uh, mm-hmm, beyond the mm-hmm. earth. Anywhere in between, he could ask for a sign. And he refuses to do so. So what does God do? He says, I'm going to give you a sign. Fine. And God can think of some really great miracles to do and some really challenging miracles. And so what does he decide? He said, well, I'm going to show you uh, my greatness, and this is going to be a great sign. And the great sign is that a virgin is going to conceive Hmm. by means of my spirit and will give birth to the Messiah of Israel. What a miracle. And how grateful we are to our Heavenly Father for that gift. Indeed. So then what are you going to be doing? The la- what, What's the, the follow-up? Uh, now we have two sermons. What's the last one? And you're getting me excited. What are you going to be speaking That's right. on? Well, on the 21st, yes. uh, we'll have a concert. Yes. Marty Getz is coming out, oh, yes. and he's an international recording artist. And he's going to come, and he's going to share with us uh, in music. And he's a Jewish believer, and much of mm. his music has that Jewish sound, sound to, to it. it. Oh. So it will be sort of a combination of Jewish and Christmas kinds of stuff. And mm. uh, everyone is welcome to come. It's uh, it's just going to be a great, great uh, time of of uh, of celebration. And I'm going to preach that morning on Isaiah nine six. These wonderful titles that the Messiah is is called, you know, where he would be called um, Everlasting Father, Father. Uh, the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom. He'd be mm. called El Gabor, the Mighty God. I mean, these are incredible titles that the Messiah is bearing, and he bears them because he is our a God who has come uh, into our world by means of the incarnation, by means of a miraculous birth. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, when someone says Jesus Christ, Son of God, you know, I thought that's a, that's a very regal ta- you know, title for him. It's not just Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just Emmanuel, sure. but he has this title. And it'll be, I'm, that's exciting because I'm sure there's a lot behind, you know, those titles that were given to him in the Old Testament. Yes, and these titles uh, reinforce the Jewishness of Mm -hmm. our Messiah. Mm -hmm. You know, Christians around the world, they're worshiping the Jewish Messiah. They're Mm -hmm. worshiping the one that came from the Jewish king, David. They're worshiping the one about whom the Jewish prophets have spoken. Mm -hmm. And where did he come from? Well, from this Jewish town of Bethlehem and from this Jewish country known as the land of Israel. And we sometimes lose sight of that, and it's important that we remember that. And this is a great time uh, to share our faith with Jewish people Mm -hmm. uh, who may not know him as Messiah Mm -hmm. and as Lord. Well, I'm so very grateful, and I know that you are too, if you're a, a believer listening, for the Messiah who opened up his love towards us as Gentiles. And, uh, you know, I always think that encounter with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like, wow, I'm the man at the well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, once again, just do me a favor. Share with um, people what, where you meet at okay. and what time are your services on Saturday. Well, I'm the congregational leader, the rabbi over at Beth Ariel Messianic Congregation. Mm-hmm. Our congregation is located at 22222 five twos. 
uh, Satikoy Street. We're right by Satikoy and Farallon, right at that uh-huh. intersection, Fa- Fa- uh, Satikoy and Shoop, that area. Sure. And our services are on Saturdays at 1030. And uh, Marty Getz will be in concert on uh, Saturday, December 21st at 7.30 p.m. So mm-hmm. we'd love for everyone to come on out and enjoy Marty. Come and visit our congregation. If you've never been to a Messianic congregation, uh, you will really enjoy worshiping our Lord in a Jewish way and meeting some uh, Jewish people that love Jesus as their Messiah, their Savior, and their Lord. Well, Rabbi, thank you so much for coming in. It's Rabbi Gary Duroshinsky. Then the special edition of A Passion for Christ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Tune in next week, and um, may you enjoy a very Merry Christmas. You've been listening to A Passion for Christ, sponsored by 99.5 KKLA. Tune in again next week at this time for another intimate glimpse of what God is stirring in the hearts of Southern California's pastors here on A Passion for Christ. 